0: Oh, don't you remember a long time ago those two little babes their names i don't know they
1: hello everybody and welcome to the spoiler warning podcast this is review number 599 with a review of the other lamb i'm christopher schnazi
0: and i'm shepherd
1: And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a streaming platform near you. Um, This week, this this is review number 599. That, of course, means that the very next review is going to be review 600, because that's how math works. Stephen Miller. I know. Will you commit with me? on live on this recorded podcast right now oh shit that episode 600 will be a double feature of trolls and trolls world tour
0: i thought this day would never come a little podcaster dreams (laughs) dreams of being (laughs) (laughs) asked yes i will commit it to you (laughs) Even um, though I do feel like there was actually a good movie we were excited about that's coming out next weekend. <laughs>
1: probably. I mean, we can also do that. But I
0: thought it would be funny if, if our success episode oh, I'm in. was a double feature. I, I think it fits the podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I know that Trolls World Tour is coming out on for rental um, this week. Um, this week now. We we record Mondays for people who haven't figured that out yet. Um, but this, <laughs> this weekend will be the Trolls film. Um, and I figured, because you never saw the first Trolls film, right?
0: I never did, no. As 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 neither did I. <laughs> 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 See, this is good synergy though, because in very early years of the podcast, during a best of episode, I watched the first Nomeo and Juliet to try <laughs> to seed my worst of the year list. So we've gone from a musical about gnomes to a musical about trolls. So I feel like we've come a long way as a, yeah. as a podcast in the last decade.
1: And also we, we sent a company video around to very many people of you dancing to the song from the first trolls film oh
0: god you are you are right yeah it's a part of canon now in podcast history <laughs> <laughs> I think is there a way to attach you can attach like a link to that video in, I, I in think, the in the liner notes for that next episode
1: <laughs> the device in the video is still i think mm. uh, I don't think we could actually share that video but mm. we'll have to run it by uh <laughs>
0: the irfs (laughs) yeah we'll we'll figure something out i'm not going to spoil what the company is but they might not be allowed to look at u.s (laughs) videos anyway
1: (laughs) that that's very true (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah i figured that like in the middle of this pandemic we might as well have a joyous romp through a world of trolls that are i like
0: it gonna play different kind of music can we i'm i'm i hear you Can we expand it even more and just make it be, like, I feel like Pitch Perfect needs to also fold into this, (laughs) too. I feel like they're in the same universe, kind of.
1: You just want to do a triple review. You want to do our Bad Boys for Life review, but of Pitch Perfect and of Trolls.
0: Well, I think we're basically doing all the Anna Kendrick singing movies that exist as far as I know. (laughs)
1: But yeah, okay, so I'm, I'm
0: glad we got that out of the way. That makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm I'm into it. I was so afraid you were going to make me commit to a horror movie. <laughs> oh, no. Is there a horror movie coming out? There might be. I'm sure there is. Probably. There always are. <laughs> there is. It's called Trolls
1: World Tour. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Troll Hunter 2 <laughs> World Tour.
1: But yeah, um, yeah. I, f- I figure we need some levity in this in this world that we're in um, right now. And I figure Trolls would be the way to do it.
0: I mean, after big-time adolescence, I think in quarantine period, any levity makes me give it a must-see. So I think Trolls 2 (laughs) is looking
1: good right now. Well, so you never saw the first Trolls, right? Nope. Neither did I. Um, I passed it up because it's a fucking Trolls movie. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Say no more.
0: (laughs) But now the joke's on us because we're going to do a double feature. Um... In my head, though... It has bled together with the emoji movie for some reason, I don't know why, like the,
1: the did, color palette we, of we did a review of the emoji movie
0: oh, we sure did, yeah, <laughs> and the color palette of like Troll's World Tour looks a lot like the emoji movie to me i I don't know how to explain it, just the different places that they go yeah. feel very emoji movie at least all the
1: advertisements in the iTunes app sure do
0: mm hmm but yeah, um. <laughs> So, Chris, have you ever been in a cult? <laughs> can't say that I have. Oh, uh, Though maybe I can't say that I haven't. <laughs> the Apple cult, am I right? Oh,
1: sweet burn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now that we know what we're doing next week, we should get back yep. to what we're doing this week, which is to talk about a little film called The Other Lamb. So without further ado, what do you say we do that, Stephen?
0: <laughs> yeah, let's do it
1: we're going to take a listen to the trailer for the other lamb and then we're going to come back and give you guys a review there once was a woman made of moonlight and teeth she would roam in the woods searching for something hunting
0: he just kept telling me you are perfect you are accepted oh my shepherd i need a deeper experience with you than i ever had before so beautiful just like your mother's
1: come, come down, down upon me and fill me with yourself let us pray
0: my wives you all came to me broken my cruel world i took every one of you in i sacrificed my life for you i gave you daughters and sisterhood and life let us reflect on our blessings yes,
1: my you think that because you haven't had your time yet, that makes you special? Prepare yourself, child. Our great shepherd won't be so sweet on you then. I'll be seeing you when the blood comes to you.
0: (laughs) As I went down in the valley to pray Studying about that good old way And who shall wear the starry crown Good, good Lord, Lord, she'll the way, way. Sala, what happened? Oh, oh, sisters, let's go down it's worse than punishment Let's go down, come on down. Oh, sisters, let's go down I am relying on you, Sala
1: all my children you're the purest in your faith all right so that was the trailer for the other lamb it is about a young girl who has grown up her whole life within this uh little cult and um as she kind of goes about uh, her daily life in that cult, um, she slowly starts to realize that maybe there's something weird about what's going on and starts to maybe question her life devotion to the shepherd, as they call him. Uh, Stephen Miller, what did you think of The Other Lamb?
0: Oh, wait, was I not supposed to watch Shaun the Sheep, the movie? (laughs) 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 Because... I thought that's what, that's what you were telling me to do. <laughs> that's a very different. The animation was beautiful. <laughs> no, I don't know. This was a. So I, I was concerned with watching this movie at first, as I always am with things that are called horror, and I feel like I keep getting hit by films that are being labeled as horror and that are definitely not meant to be scary at all. Is is um, this
1: labeled as horror?
0: I guess it is. It, yeah, it's it sure drama is. horror. Yeah. Huh. yeah it definitely is and and even in a little like a um, review aggregate blurb or whatever i i read it compared it to the witch and some other horror film too like it was definitely going in that direction um and yeah i don't know this was definitely not scary um so i'm i'm thankful for that it kind of occupies a strange place because i feel like on the one hand it wants to be a kind of like art house film that is filled with images that are meant to be off-putting or express what it would be like to be in a cult. Like there are are different dream sequences and different kind of clips of things happen, you know, people screaming, scenes involving lambs and blood and water um, that are done in a way that kind of make it feel like it's building a very clear mood piece about life in a cult but then the the world building around that i feel like is not filled in enough for me to really understand what these characters are going through or what this cult actually is (laughs) like why they are there what is their actual feeling toward the shepherds what is binding them all together i feel like there were a lot of there were a lot of things that I didn't feel like this movie gave me enough of to really hook me in. And so that means even though there were beautiful shots and kind of a a few breathtaking images and like the sound design I thought was really good in certain places too, there, there were things to recommend it. But the movie, it wasn't until the last like 20 minutes that I really felt like pulled into this movie. And that felt kind of like too little too late for me. So it, I don't know, for me, it kind of felt like a... Like it was meant to be a horror film in the sense that it it plays like an art house horror, but then it doesn't have the the momentum or the the degree of. It isn't off putting enough to justify the fact that very little else is happening in the movie for me, it kind of occupies this weird middle ground, it's like, what if Midsummer without the gore? (laughs) <laughs> and i'm like i i don't know i don't know what i should do with the movie that is midsummer without the gore um
1: hey there's a skinless lamb in this movie that counts as gore I know,
0: yeah i know and that that was kind of creepy that was the closest to real creepiness there's just also a thing that i'm canonically on the podcast i don't normally care that much if i can't trace what is real versus what is just meant to be an impressionistic thing but in this movie there are like a few things that happen that I have no idea what they're supposed to represent. Like
1: is one of them a girl in a car?
0: Yeah. Like (laughs) why the character of Sela is behaving the way she is, what, what is in her head and what is real? What does it represent? It just, I didn't feel like this movie gave me enough, even though it was hypnotic and like intriguing enough to be worth finishing. It, it just didn't add up to very much for me
1: yeah i mean if i'm honest i'm i'm half surprised by your reaction to this film because i i feel like you sound very christopher schnazy right now um yeah because oh i feel
0: very christopher schnazy
1: (laughs) um because this is the type of film that i think traditionally i would complain about all the things that you said and you would be like yeah but the mood and the tone and the imagery is so good uh, that I think it, like, brings it above the, the thing that you are describing. Um, mm-hmm. That's not to say that I love this film because I didn't care for it very much at all. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But I, I I kind of... Um, I I kind of, I'm not surprised by the fact that you didn't like it. I just, I assume that you might like it in a way that I didn't, simply because I think it does kind of execute well on the imagery that it's pulling. This is a film that we almost saw at TIFF last year, um, and uh and by almost i think it was like on the short list of things that we might be able to slot in if we found time and the reason i wanted to see it is the basic description plus the single image which was just those strings between the trees and like the girl sitting in the middle there's some i
0: I loved those strings that was like my favorite part of the set design of this whole movie it was that that little area with the strings all around.
1: Yeah, and I don't even know what it was. It was it was it felt a little bit like one of those things where it's like, how do you create sections within a space but still keep it open? And it's like, oh, what if the walls were transparent and there were just strings? And there was something yeah. really, really, really cool about that imagery and stuff. Um and and that sort of stuff kind of drew me in, like finding out how this cult worked, the hierarchy within the cult. That that kind of stuff was interesting and me kind of sitting along with it, but I feel like too much of this film exists in the metaphorical space and not in the real space. And like I joked a moment ago, there's a scene where the group of people are on like a small migration, and while on that migration, they see their first well, technically it's the second appearance of somebody from the outside world. Um, the first is um, is most of the characters don't see, but in this one, a car with a family in it drives by and they cut inside. And I swear to God, it's the lead girl inside the car. No, it is. (laughs) And, and I don't know what that's supposed to mean. At first I was like, Oh, this must be a shot back to before she was in the cult. But then we find out that she was born sort of into the cult. And later, like before it's revealed that that car is actually driving past that entire group, we like there's just too much weird stuff that like there there's yeah. there's image I thought
0: it was the mother at first, but then now i'm afterwards i I believe it's the it is her imagining what life could be like outside of the parameters of the cult. Yeah,
1: but this is a girl who's grown up, like she's grown up inside the caves looking at the shadows, right? Like she has no concept yeah. for what the outside world is. So what yeah, is she... She doesn't even, know what a
0: Letterman jacket looks like.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like what is she even imagining in that car? Um, so mm-hmm. like some of that stuff sort of bothered me. I, I think that there are like... Little bits of interesting things, like while they're on their migration, they come about a house and there's some iconography inside that house that means stuff later on. Like little bits of pieces like that are interesting, but they never kind of go beyond being interesting and just, and and, like basically, they they don't, there's no consequence of everything. And I don't feel like there's a logical progression of, a girl self actualizing and trying to spring herself from a cult. It's just a girl experiencing a bunch of stuff. That's honestly really shitty (laughs) and, and being like, Hey, anybody else notice how shitty this stuff is? (laughs) And I feel like there's just, it it doesn't feel like there's a lot going. And like the final shot of this film doesn't seem like any sort of resolve to anything. Right. It feels more like a, a shift, not a resolve, and, and I don't really understand. Outside of like, like, are we all supposed to go like, hoorah, and like throw our hands up, or are we supposed to go like, now it's just different and also awful? Like, <laughs> I don't know. It, it just, I, yeah. I, I don't really know what this film really wants to do. Um, it's, it's very pretty, and it works well within like religious uh, visualizations, but. I don't feel like it knows what it's trying to say or has a real purpose to the journey that the character goes on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and to me, because you mentioned that normally if a film executes on the beautiful imagery, that is enough for me. And I think that's true, but it has to be, it has to be done to a point. Like I have to feel at least an emotional logic to what I'm watching. Yeah. And here I, I just feel like the way it jumps between beautiful imagery and then kind of understated plot, it, it it the combination didn't really work for me. And there were things that I thought were really pretty. Like I also wrote down about that string barrier. That was something that I thought was really, really cool. I didn't remember the poster or trailer or whatever we talked about. So that was completely new for me. Um, there's a scene where they are all praying but they are praying to the shepherd and making eye contact with him. And I thought that was a really interesting thought, like watching someone scream a prayer at a person <laughs> that is sitting right in front of that. Like, that's a thing I had never heard. <laughs> this,
1: this is where he's making Joker smiles on them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I thought that imagery was kind of very interesting. Um, there's a scene that happens late in this film that made me realize that I had been so kind of drawn into this very secluded vague world like this world where the rules don't really make sense but the everything has been kind of warped by cultishness that it had never even occurred to me that a boy could be born <laughs> like oh yeah, yeah. In, in the entire hierarchy of the whole it i i was just like yeah there are only women always that's just what the universe is um So, like, it it, it does an okay job of kind of indoctrinating you a little bit into what the cult would feel like because that is the only life you really get to see except for little glimpses of what the outside world might look like. But I don't know. There just wasn't – there wasn't enough. And, like, I did get midsummer vibes. I get um, the Nightingale vibes a little bit too. Like, this is definitely a movie about women feeling like enough is enough and having this kind of like haunted quality as they struggle to break out of that. But this just didn't have like a driving rhythm. It didn't have, it it didn't give me an emotional connection either because the main character, Sela, I don't, I don't know from scene to scene in the movie, how she feels about the shepherd, what she's thinking about what is going on. And I get that that kind of comes with the territory of a cult, right? Is that people don't, have strong individual opinions like they kind of just take everything for granted but it just something about the construct here i didn't feel like it was a person awakening and coming to recognize things so much as a bunch of experiences were happening in the movie and we hope that eventually they add up to something and that to me that's just very different from feeling a character actually grow and change in a certain way
1: yeah and it's weird like there's some there's some strange undertones too with like the the start of her journey seems to come from her not getting the attention that she wants from this character, because as when we're introduced to her, she's supposed to be like the young, pure. She hasn't started menstruating yet. She's like untouched by the realities of the world, whatever. And she has this like deep fondness for Shepherd um, and uh, the Shepherd, Shepard? His name's not Shepherd. I
0: think, I think, yeah. I mean, they even say his real name. Uh, they they call him Michael. I guess the real actor is Michel. Michel. I don't know how you pronounce his name. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, like, someone dares to call him Michael, but otherwise he's Shepard, I think.
1: Yeah there, there there's definitely there's definitely a sense that there seems to be uh, some she seems to be looking for a different kind of awakening (laughs) than to decide that the cult is not relevant to her anymore. And it seems Mm -hmm. like her whole thing is thrust into view when she is rejected or treated as though she's younger and not older. And that, I don't know if that's like the whole point of all of this or if that's like some unfortunate side effect of the way the story was told. I don't know. It just feels... The plot itself seems extremely messy, and I don't know where she's supposed to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember, what was that French-Canadian cannibal movie we watched a few years ago? Raw. Raw. Oh, yeah. The, this kind of reminded me of that, too, in that it, it seems like there, there's like a an awakening towards violence or rebellion that is wrapped up in the awakening of becoming a, a woman and be coming of age. Like, like there's a little bit of sensuality tied up with the becoming an adult, which is also tied up with anger and wanting to break free. And I feel like this movie is kind of dabbling in that same well a little bit. Um, Cause it does tie them together. I didn't, I didn't draw a straight line from one to the other for me the the real start of everything is when she starts menstruating and when she becomes a woman and then she kind of learns being a woman means right now living in this painful situation that suddenly no longer makes sense to me like it doesn't seem just in the way that it was before yeah. but i couldn't really tell you what triggers her growth because things just kind of happen in the movie like she does acts that feel rebellious very early on back when i know her mind is still pretty much entirely under the spell of this shepherd character yeah so that all kind of didn't make sense to me right is when is her rebellion intentional and when is it the lashing out of someone who's just experimenting because she's only lived in that cave and doesn't know what her boundaries are yet
1: but but i think the early rebellion is a is against other girls who are theoretically competition for shepherd's um Mm -hmm. um affection or gaze or whatever um and i think that it's not until the there's a moment where they come together in a little clearing um and they have a quick talk about her mother and how she's growing and stuff like that and the way that that they peel off from that scene i feel creates it puts her on that trajectory but That could be just me reading too much into it.
0: (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it definitely does something. She, The thing is, so the the story of this movie, whether it's a metaphor or just to be taken, literally is definitely about abuse, right? It's about this group of girls and women who are brought up under this abusive presence where the guy says, like, I am everything there is in the world. Listen to me. Do everything I tell you to do. And... I think for me that interaction and the way she feels about it is all kind of just tied up in the messy complications of being groomed and being told that like everything she wants in that moment is because she has been told her entire life that this is what she's supposed to want, right? And so I think maybe the that not being able to square that circle is maybe what happens around that moment. Is these are the feelings I know I have but then it's also strange and now i feel cold also and it i don't I, I think it's all this messiness of like everything i've been indoctrinated to believe yeah. suddenly not making sense anymore so
1: so you just finished this film and i'm dissecting I, i'm like regurgitating it in real time as i hear your stuff from from you are like spitting out what you've just watched and I am now like trying to dissect it all in real time. But th- there is a yeah. transition to this film where we only see Shepard through the eyes of the other women. And then mm-hmm. after a point, we see Shepard experientially. Like we see him. So like you referred to him as as um, being abusive or being or creating a, an, a, an abusive, toxic environment. Um, but for the first half of the film we only see him as this figure who is just having like love and adornment like thrown upon him uh but we don't actually like he's just there and he's he's like a douche
0: yeah though though you see you see the effects of what he does to people right like you see like scars and scratches and little like little hints of the darkness we just don't see him actually doing those things
1: yeah but i feel like even those start to come post menstruation and i guess my question mm-hmm. is do you think that i mean you sort of answered it already but i was going to say do you think that those things started to happen around that time and that's why she started to rebel or do you think she suddenly started noticing those things when before she was just so lost in her own affection for this person that she was completely oblivious to what was happening around her
0: yeah i think it's the second one i think this movie ties becoming a woman with coming to grips with pain like like i think those two are together and that doesn't necessarily mean that becoming a woman means rebelling against the pain right away but it is like a sudden flash of recognition of like you know blood is used a lot in in this film in different ways that are again mostly just emotionally collected like the blood of a lamb the the blood of a woman on her period the the blood of childbirth there's like the sacrificial lamb there's a lot of imagery there that is kind of about pain as it relates to womanhood and like coming to grips with that and i think that sets her on her trajectory but it isn't clear to me when in this movie she decides that her lot is not okay like that it it is a thing to change i i don't think that happens till like the last quarter of the movie or something and up until then we're only seeing the flashes of kind of religious imagery of the the thing that Eve has been condemned to, right? That she's living in instead.
1: I, I think. I think I know what it is now. <laughs> As I continue hmm. to piece it apart, scene by scene, I'm just going to say it and then bleep it out for those who haven't seen the film yet. Um, but I think the final part of the transition is. <laughs> And I think that's the final break when he, she yep. sees yep. The, the callousness of him being like, oh, well, she's gone, doesn't matter now. Um, yeah, she
0: sees that what he did to this woman is the same thing that he did. And yeah, I guess it's still late in the film that we learned that too. We get hints before, but we only learn the details when she is spending a lot of time with the the cursed wife Yeah, yeah. later. Yeah, I, I think for me though, it just, if it were only about her And if all of these were just young girls who are brought up the same way, I think I would have an easier time buying the heavily symbolic kind of hazy way that the movie operates in. But the fact that there are a lot of adult women who chose to join him as adults, one would presume, which means they know something and they are not all... I mean, he's not that old.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I guess... Maybe whatever the regimen he has with them has kept him looking really, really young, but... Yeah, uh, yeah, who knows? I think, I'm going to bloop it again, but I think... And when Mm -hmm. they leave that building, he says, oh, this is a broken home, which is exactly what he says to the people he leaves behind. So... I think that like,
0: this is. Oh, interesting. That's interesting. I, so I, I, I assumed that that home was where he had lived before. Like I, I assumed that because the, we now know why he knows where he's going. Yeah. Um, I just didn't think the ages lined up. And I think the, the cursed wife, I don't know what her character name is. That's just what they call her. Um, when she discusses Sela's mother she talks about how they joined around the same time and they were some of the earliest like she talks about it in a way that would make me think that they were not born into this situation yeah you know but yeah if,
1: but... if that if that was <music> it would still mm. work right cuz i don't know how old this girl is supposed to be <laughs> um pre-menstrual well, I mean, (laughs) biologically, I guess
0: like thirteen or (laughs) twelve. Yeah, yeah. So I think they make it kind of (laughs) clear. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, I corrected myself.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I'm I'm just kidding. Um, but anyway, even beyond the history of it, there are there are women who are the favored wives, and women who are no longer favored, like who are older, and. They don't – so at the beginning of the movie, they treat him like God or Jesus, right? And clearly his hair – there's very religious imagery around him as a character and the shepherd that he has postured himself to be. Yeah. Um, But they don't all talk about him in only fawning, perfect terms. Like some of those people discuss him more as like – you know, it's terrible when he stops looking at you that way. Now he only focuses on these. And there are little hints of like, we see what is going on and we are not happy with it that don't totally jibe to me with the cohesion that the cult would need to operate. Yeah. Um, And so to me, that threw a wrench into it because I don't understand where... It isn't like no one has thought a negative thought about him until this movie occurs like it's clear that there are people who have had flare-ups and i don't totally understand the straw that breaks the camel's back this time
1: yeah well the straw is for a single person right for the others like the they like as you said this this is reminiscent of like an, an abusive relationship where it's they even the cursed woman who has no reason to be there at all because she's basically not there but she's there Mm. for the the slight few minuscule moments of when Shepard actually pays attention to her right and that's what they're all seeking so even if things aren't going perfect for them they they know that if there's that moment where he does look at them then they've they've like they feel invigorated and they feel happy to be there and it's really it's that is sustaining them in that
0: place mm. yeah okay i i can buy that by the way the michael and michelle Huzman, the game of thrones guy who plays shepherd he was born in 1981 so i don't know how many <laughs> generations of of wives and <laughs> daughters there can be
1: if you, if you if you start if you start with the ones that are already of age it's not like he's, he's growing them all from scratch there has to be one. the The first round were probably older than him.
0: Mm-hmm, it was a mm-hmm. cougar cult. Yeah. Okay. No. No. I. I get shit now. I see. Maybe I can. Maybe I can buy that. <laughs> All right. Well. Any last thoughts about this film? <laughs> um. There are like. 20 people in this cult how come only one is on her period at a given time (laughs) shouldn't it be like a quarter of them well actually
1: technically two of them are always on their period at once because the one (laughs) woman never stops bleeding
0: right yeah that's true There's just there's like a solid week where she is just like alone with this other woman and there's all these other girls that are just walking like you're unclean, you can't be with us. Like what phase of the moon are you currently in right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I got questions. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, this is not the podcast for those answers. <laughs> Should we get the verdict, Stephen? Yep. <laughs> All right. Stephen Miller, if you're going to give us a must-see, record the caveat, wait for rental, pass the caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it?
0: I was hovering between, like, pass for the caveat and rental. Only Like, my my dilemma is I do think there's beautiful imagery here, and it executes on this better than, like... A bad movie it definitely has enough to make you chew over like we managed to fill way more time than i thought like <laughs> just trying to piece together the meaning of different things um but yeah i don't know I, I have to go past with the caveat just to express that i i did not feel that this movie really justified itself and maybe i am not the target demo maybe it's like playing with emotions and feelings that someone else might latch onto and kind of maybe more shorthand like the shorthand would be enough for someone and for me i just i never felt like i could really grasp what i was supposed to be relating to and there there was a lot of stuff that had the air of metaphor but i couldn't link it to anything and it just didn't add up to quite enough for me and i think I'm okay with metaphor that I can't follow, but if you're gonna be just that, then you need to be bolder. And this movie is kind of understated, and also very heavily metaphoric, and that combination just didn't really work for me.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I I'm just gonna give it a pass. At the caveat, I I don't even hover. I feel like I feel like the the things that I, I feel like this this film is almost cheating in a way. Like, it is, it is trying to get by on its beautiful imagery and these things and these different metaphorical shots. But those skate by with the absence of a plot that probably would sink this film more if it were there. Like, if it tried to do, take mm. time to explain and things like that, um, I think this film would sink down uh, from the level it is. So, to me, I see that as, like, a cheat. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like they're like yeah but were there any plot holes like there wasn't a coherent plot like you can't have plot holes if there's no like coherent plot so um i feel like for me i i can't elevate it at all and i'm just going to leave it as a pass with the caveat the the caveat is
0: i think weirdly weirdly i think if it were more of a horror film i would have liked it more because i think if it were had shocking moments of violence in the more literal sense, or if it had like just stronger, creepier imagery, yeah, I think I could justify the sparseness a little bit more. That would have the kind of heightened volume that I'm looking for. Yeah, and I hate horror, but I feel like <laughs> this movie could have used a little bit more
1: of it. There, there is there. I, I've I have seen like the header image for posts talking about this film, and in the header image, there's two of the daughters standing facing each other looking towards the camera with blood dripping down their mouth and i feel like that shot is not in this movie
0: yeah i don't think it is
1: um so just throwing that out there (laughs) 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 just a random observation i
0: think our i know you wanted to play the lamb chop theme for this episode but i think um daughters by john mayer would be a kind of funny one (laughs) to play instead (laughs) Well, chances are that I won't be able to find the actual soundtrack. He definitely sings about girls become lovers, girls become mothers who turn into lovers, or girls become love. I don't know. <laughs> There's some creepy shit in there. Uh, all right. Well,
1: on that note, I think that's going to do it for this review of the other Lamb, Stephen Miller. if People want to find you throughout the week. Where can they do that?
0: Uh, people can find me at twitter.com/sdavidmiller or s.davidmiller.com. People can find me at Christopher in real life.com or Twitter.com slash Christopher
1: IRL. You can find the podcast over at the spoiler warning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on overcast stitcher, Apple podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoiler warning, facebook.com slash the warning or Instagram.com slash the warning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at the spoiler warning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site, Music for this episode will come from either the soundtrack, either that John Mayer song, or the Lamb Chops theme. And uh, we'll just see. We got a lot of options. Yeah, we'll see which one goes where. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with a review of Trolls and Trolls World Tour.
0: Hell yeah.
1: Bye. <laughs>